Welcome back to our podcast. Welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks, but it hasn't been a couple of months. Truth. So we are headed in the right direction. Cue music and go. Welcome to Tell Me Two Things, a marriage podcast, a significant other podcast. A podcast for married people. A A podcast podcast for domestic partners. For unmarried people. For civil unions. For relationships. Two people. (laughs) A podcast for you. (laughs) So where did we leave off? We got married. We got married and... um, Wedding night, we drove off from the church in my Oma's car. Mm-hmm. With bubbles. We had bubbles instead of sparklers. No rice. And no rice. We had bubbles. Bubbles. And then uh, went to the hotel. But before we settled in for the night, we went and got some warm champagne. Classy. I was 20. You were 21. You were abating. Abating? Abetting? Abetting. Betting on... I mean, I did bed you that night. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> and most nights since then. Um, warm, bubbly champagne. It was disgusting. <laughs> Have we had warm champagne since then? No. You're drinking something, I see. Um, It's orange juice and Malibu. Coconut rum. It's much tastier than warm champagne. <laughs> so on wedding night... um. I think I got in the bath. I think we, I remember getting in a bath. I think I'm not sure if we had like the the honeymoon suite. We, we had a suite. We had a jacuzzi tub. Well, I a, mean, it fit me. Right, we both jacuzzi didn't get tub in. in there. And I remember taking a bath just because wedding days are hard, and I was super stressed, and right, the whole week was really stressful. And then we had to get up at like 4 a.m. Yeah. To get our flight back to to get our flight out, yeah. All right, so uh, we did the first night of wedded bliss things. We had the sexuals, and then we slept for a couple hours. Then we got on a plane. But before we got on a plane, do you remember what happened in the parking lot of the hotel that we were staying at? In the parking lot? Yeah, I think it was in the parking lot. Like when we left the the hotel, or maybe we went and met somewhere. I don't know what story you're trying to... I remember meeting all of our friends in the parking lot at this college because where everyone was staying, we had to drop off Oma's car. That's what it was, right? And then we found out that Kendra had been driving all around Fresno trying to find Oma's car because she wanted to get something that I had of hers or something. Something that you wore under the dress. uh, Oh, yeah, the slip, the big slip thing. (laughs) And so she went driving all around all of the hotels looking for Oma's car, looking for us because she wanted that to... Because she loaned it to me to wear and she needed to take it home. Right. And she wanted to do that prior to me getting on a... <laughs> on a plane. Yeah. So we uh, uh, we saw all of our friends at 4 a.m. Like the, the night, whole wedding party. The night after we got married. Uh, and they made the fun of after us. after we got married. It was, it was good, good fun. It was awkward and they made fun of me. So we fly, we fly in, into South Carolina and walk, walk me through kind of how our week started or what we did for our honeymoon i don't remember <laughs> i don't i rem- i think we we stayed one night at your parents house and then the next morning we 
took either their car or your car and drove to Florida. And we went to Walt Disney World. If I remember correctly. It feels so long ago. And <laughs> we on, were, it was only 20 years ago. <laughs> and then we were at Walt Disney World for a couple days. And then we drove down to Fort Lauderdale, got on a boat. So let's back up. I think we did Walt Disney World and we did SeaWorld. Oh, yeah, SeaWorld, yeah. Uh, but I remember getting the tickets for Walt Disney World. We actually went and sat through a timeshare presentation Oh right! to get free tickets to Disney World. And I remember this because we went in. We didn't make the money that was required to actually attend one of these things. I think you had to make, I don't know, 40 grand or something a year, uh, which seemed astronomical. And we're like, yeah, sure. Uh, so we go sit through this timeshare deal and we go in saying, all right, we're not going to buy it. We're not going to buy it. Um, and we go in and we look around. And I, I remember at one time thinking, maybe we should buy this. <laughs> <laughs> we're newlyweds. We're gonna Sense need of a, adventure. We're going to need to vacation. Um, but we ended up not buying it, which they didn't like. And it took way longer than the 90 minutes that Ugh, they promised. It was hours. And But we got our tickets to Disney World. So and, yeah. we didn't have to pay for tickets to Disney World. And I think that was planned. I think I planned that. <laughs> we would go sit in a timeshare. Um, so we did that, went to Disney World, went to SeaWorld. There was a couple of days in there. We didn't stay on the park, but we just stayed at some hotel in Kissimmee, I think. And then we drove down to Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. and got on a boat on a cruise that yeah. was going to the Bahamas. Right. But it was like a a cruise there, and then they dropped us off. Right. It wasn't like it a, wasn't cruise, a cruise cruise. cruise yeah. right. And I remember finding that I was working at the bank at the time and uh, a fax came in. Faxes would always just randomly come in. And there was oh a my God, fax. You're so old. There was a fax for a, a bah- bohemian vacation. And I was like, and it was like three days. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. We can Disney World, SeaWorld, and then we can go down to the Bahamas. We can take this boat over, cruise over, stay there for a couple days. Fantastic. There's our week. Got it planned out. So we get on a boat. We didn't have a room because it was just a one-way sailing. Then when we got to the Bahamas, we actually had a room. So we didn't have a room on the boat, so we were just on the decks or whatever. And we get to the Bahamas. We check in to our hotel. Pretty decent hotel, I think. I don't remember the hotel. Right. And then we're like, all right, cool. Let's go out at night. And we must have gone to like the Lamo Island of the Bahamas, or we were super young. I don't remember what it was, but it didn't impress me. Oh, no, we went to the crappy island. I don't even remember which island it was, but it had a casino, and that was it. Like, there was no nightlife, and we're not even partiers. Like, we wanted to go out and get dinner, and nothing was open. There was nothing there. We did sit on the beach and read books and stuff, but... Right. And the, the it was really lame. We came home early. The hotel had a pool. It was a pretty nice pool, from what I remember. I don't remember that either. Um, but we did. We were. I think we were supposed to be there three or four days, mm-hmm. and I think we stayed one or two. We stayed two. Two nights. Yeah. Yeah. And then came home early. I don't remember how we talked our way back onto the boat because we didn't have tickets for another couple of days, um, and then I don't think we got any kind of refund from checking out, <laughs> checking out early. Um, but then we got. 
uh, in the car and drove from Fort Lauderdale all the way back to South Carolina. Yep. Um, and that was our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Anything else about that trip that stands out in your mind? The trip itself? Yeah, the whole week, our honeymoon week. I mean, I know we wish we hadn't gone to the Bahamas, but I know that we were, I do remember just being really excited because you were living in South Carolina and I was living in California. And so I hadn't, we hadn't been together. And so I think I was just so excited to move to South Carolina and start our life together that being in a boring Bahama Island just seemed like a waste of time. And I think if I were to go back, I think I would have appreciated it more of just not doing anything and sitting on the beach, I think. Yeah. But we came home because we were ready to start our lives together. And that was exciting. And to be together and to, yeah, because we hadn't, we'd been apart for nine months or however long we were. Longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, It was a a while. Um, Anyway, fast forward, we get home. We Mm -hmm. get back to South Carolina and... um, I don't think I went back to work early, but at least we were back home. Settling, uh, settling trying to settle in, yeah. To our uh, our apartment, and we'll talk a little bit about our apartment in the coming uh, the coming episodes. I go back to work. I had been out of work for I think two and a half weeks. I worked at the bank at the time, and I remember looking through the handbook and thinking, okay, how can I get more vacation days? So I saved all my vacation days up. But the handbook said, hey, if you do premarital counseling, you get two days of vacation. You can take two days of vacation for premarital counseling. Then you can take four days of vacation for whatever it was. So I I was able to book like two and a half weeks of vacation. So I had a week and a half in California, a little bit before the wedding, and then um, a week for the uh, for the honeymoon. And I just remember my boss giving me a really hard time. Like, Dart, are you really going to, nobody ever takes this premarital counseling time off. Like you've are you're already taking two weeks off. This is, this is ridiculous. But I was like, but it's Joyce. It's in the book. It, here it is. I remember. Right. And she's like, yep, you're right. You're right. Okay. I don't like it, but you're right. Uh, um, but when we get back to our house, we had a... As soon as we got back from our honeymoon, got right. back to the house, got there was back to a the house. There was message. a message on our answering machine. Yeah. And what did that say? So we got back to our... We left early. So we got back from our honeymoon early and there was a voice, a voicemail or not voicemail, <laughs> a message on the answering machine. <laughs> and it was from the Richard Simmons Dreammaker show wanting me to be on the show, on an upcoming show. And they had actually contacted me the week we were getting married. So Richard Simmons, the workout guru. Yeah. The slouchy socks and the silk shorts and and the the big hair. poofy hair. Yeah. Had a talk show for a hot minute in the late 90s. It was not even a minute. It was like a hot second. It was like half a season. Yeah. Not even, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the week week of the wedding, um, we got a phone call from the show um, telling us that our, so I say our, so I'm an identical twin sister and we're both adopted and our biological mother was looking for us and the show found us. And the week before the wedding. The week before the wedding. And they really pressured us big time to do the show prior to the wedding and that they were hoping that we could on air 
live television that we could um, invite her to the wedding. And I was like, oh, hell no. You know what's crazy about that is we were staying at your grandparents' house. I was in the RV. You were staying in the house. Mm -hmm. And they called the house like they were a this was before cell phones like yeah they, they, they called my grandparents house in toll house <laughs> california they, up in the mountains they fully tracked us down yeah tracked you down um so on the the voicemail it had said oh so i told them the week of the wedding i told them no i'm getting married or you actually really said no kelly let's think this through and it was no we're getting married. If this show is really that important to you, you will wait until after we're married and after we get home from our honeymoon. And they pushed back a lot. And like, they did push before back before the wedding. But we held our ground. And so I didn't I didn't know if we'd hear back from them. And so when we get home from our honeymoon early, we had that message on our answer machine that they were still interested and wanted us to fly out to California. And so you had to go talk to your boss about taking more time off. <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild um, because I I remember the week of the the wedding because we had talked about this before in all of our phone conversations when I lived in South Carolina and you were in California that once we got married you wanted to start looking for your birth mom. It's something that you had not done and you didn't you hadn't started looking for. This was pre-internet really. Um, but you wanted, once we got married, to start looking for your birth mom and birth dad. Right. And so when they contacted us, it was a big deal. Of, oh, yeah. Like, it was an absolute Oh, my gosh. This is something that I wanted to do after I got married. Maybe yeah. the time frame is different. Let's do it. And uh, then we backed up and sat down and figured out, like, no, this wouldn't be fair to us in our wedding or your parents or mm -hmm. family. It, we didn't want the focus to be something different than... Um, than what it was intended for so that's why we said no get back hear the the voicemail answering machine and i think oh god i gotta go talk to my boss because uh, i wasn't gonna go without you right because they had called us and said or we had called after got that that message we called them back started making a little bit of plans uh, and they wanted us out there i don't know for three or four days to do the shoot to all yeah. of that. And they were going to give us we were, a per diem. We it was crazy. Hollywood for like three days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. So I go back in to talk to my boss. I'm still wearing a tank top and flip flops because I'm not working. Again, that time I was working at the bank. Always had to have a button up, had a tie on. It was crazy Dumb. sauce. <laughs> so I go in and talk to her. And I uh, I sat down in her office and, you know, she, she's this, um, this old southern woman like i don't know how she wasn't old she, well she, had she like was this, old to you because you were so young this is true but not not old and like she was just like old time southern woman like she had deep deep roots in the south like she, she was been, a classic southern woman right she had been around the south for a long her family had been in deep in the south for a long time um and i say that because just the way that she held herself and i just remember her hair always being perfect and um, she was a Southern Belle. Southern Belle. That came from money. Like that kind of Southern Belle. Um, anyway, I go and sit down to her, talk to her. And I said, Joyce. And she's like, ah, darn Goodness, honey, how was your you know, honeymoon? How was this is awesome, right? Your bank people were so sweet. They were great. Great they people. They threw a shower for us when we got back. Yep. Um, and so I said, Joyce, um, it was awesome. But I, I do have, I've got a request I have to make. Um, and she's like, what's, what's going on? And I started telling her a story about how 
uh, during the wedding, Richard Simmons called us, your mom. The week of the wedding, The week yeah. of the wedding. And that, you know, we put it off and said, hey, we'll find her when we get back. And then on the answering machine, there was this message inviting us back to California to film the show. Um, and she just started weeping, just full on crying in the middle of her office there in the bank. And I was like, oh, my God, did I say something wrong? What's what has happened? I just broke this poor woman's heart. Well, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. What is happening? Um, that was not the response I was anticipating. I was anticipating, no, Dart, you can't Push go. Push back a fight, I was, yeah. I was expecting to say, I will go without pay. You don't have to pay me. Just give me a couple of days. And she just weeping softly. And uh, I was like, Joyce, are, are you okay? And I <laughs> just remember her saying, um, yes, I'm, I'm okay. You take as much time as you need. The bank will pay for it. Don't worry. Take as much time off as you need. And it was a complete shift from the how she was before, before yeah. right? Yeah. And I said, what? Okay, this doesn't make sense to me, Joyce. I, I don't understand. And just I remember looking at me with tears in her eyes saying, Dart, I adopted. I'm adopted. I went to look for my birth mother and my birth father. And by the time I found them, they had both passed away. So this is important that you and your wife go, go. And just, uh, she said, I just wish I could have had the time to meet my birth mother and birth father. And it was just such a powerful, like, week one of being newlywed. Uh, just a story of, um, I guess, of, of just empathy, of not knowing what people are going through. Um, or where people are coming from, or what life experiences people are blending into their everyday, right? Because I'm working at this bank with, I don't know, 12 women and zero men, and there's all <laughs> this catty shit that happens all the time, right? Like, for the eight months that I had worked there, um, there was always like, well, she said this, and she said that, and she said this, and I'm going to do this, and no, she doesn't like that, and I'm in the middle of all of this nonsense, and I try not to get caught up in it, but every now and again, I'm like, hey, Michelle, you need to watch out, because, you know, somebody else said something, and then I get called in, like, why are you tattling? It was just the weirdest There's a lot of drama. Super big drama. So much drama. And so, sitting in Joyce's office, just hearing her heart of saying, I wish I could have met my biological mother and father with tears in her eyes. Um, it taught me a couple of things. One, you don't know where people are coming from. Mm -hmm. um, two, just because you're at work, people are still people. Like, just because you have these weird work relationships with people, um, with your boss and stuff, they're still people. Um, and so I just remember taking that and thinking, how can, how can I be a better person to the work people that I work around. Don't take time off. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is I get a bunch of time off, and it was all paid for. So that was uh, my story of me telling my boss I needed a couple extra days off. And then you having a healthy dose of empathy for your boss and seeing her in a different light, something that you... You saw, vulner you saw her vulnerability, and that was a piece from your manager that you never saw. Right, 
Right. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure I ever saw vulnerability like that from a from somebody in leadership. Um, maybe even since somebody who was that raw and that real, uh, because for some reason we don't like to talk about these things that are carry deep wounds, you know, to say to not have any better words for it. But there was definitely something, and there there was nothing else in the world that I could have said to her that would have gotten me time off. <laughs> 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 like legitimately, she yeah. was that kind of. Like, yeah. You know, oh, I know. Strict yeah. by the books kind of boss. But that one thing that just happened to overlap with her life um, really was just just a, a wild experience that I remember coming back my first week of my honeymoon to. <laughs> Heavy. Well, and not only that, but feeling privileged and having a deep sense of honor for someone's vulnerability to be able to respect that. I think that's super good. That's healthy, but yeah, vulnerability is scary and people don't want to be vulnerable because vulnerability exposes you, exposes the real you and you're opening yourself up to ridicule, to criticism, to all these things that can hurt you that don't hurt you as much when your walls are intact. And America as a society is not good with dark emotions and vulnerability in that regard. And so feeling, feeling the rawness of where she was at and her crying, even just her crying in there, being vulnerable in that way with you is that's huge. And for you to be able to respect her in that moment, that was very, very yeah, good of you. I, I think the, we had a good relationship, yeah. right? I mean, it was a, it's a small bank. It wasn't she'd some She'd never big, been that way with you. She'd before. never been that way yeah. with me before. Or In fact, I think, I think it probably, just like it took me by surprise, her reaction, I think from what I was saying to her, it took her by surprise. Well, right. for sure, that's there was that's not something that my my wife has adopted in a television show. Once that that's not right. a normal well, I, conversation. What I, what I was saying, what I was saying is that um, I don't think it was like a volunteered vulnerability. Now, right, she clearly had the option to not tell me that story, yeah. to wipe her eyes and be like, "Dart, I'll think about it." Leave the office. She had the option of doing that, but she didn't go down that road. She just laid bare her soul. Yeah, um, and that was uh, that was something that, um, as a leader, now I want to do right. I want to mm-hmm. be as vulnerable. I want to be mo- more vulnerable than feels necessary. <laughs> um, there's a point in vulnerability when it just just becomes weird. I think if you're oversharing for no reason, and I think Brene Brown clearly talks about some of this, but. Uh, if you overshare for no reason, that's a boundary that you cross that you're not supposed to cross. Um, but if I you... cross it all the time, <laughs> oversharing is a trauma response as well. I'm healing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so God bless Joyce Hughes at BBNT Bank in Orangeburg, South Carolina, for uh, dropping that nugget in my soul that I didn't know that I needed on that first week and. September of 1999 and God bless her that she let us go. (laughs) (laughs) We were going to go either way. You just went with her blessing and you got paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. And we had quite the story to tell. Yeah.
which we'll tell next time on the next yeah, episode. Yeah, next up will be. But I just want to reiterate that it's important to recognize when someone's choosing to be vulnerable with you and to be in a space of reverence for that and to not necessarily have to fix it or anything like that. But when someone is genuinely sharing a story with you in that raw, vulnerable state, that's, you need to take that with honor and respect because that doesn't happen very often. It needs to happen more, but it makes people super uncomfy. So yeah, be vulnerable and also create space where people can also be a safe space. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. One, be vulnerable, and two, be a safe space so that if people do choose to be vulnerable with you, that you can receive it in a way that's gracious and honoring. Yeah, and if you don't know how to receive it, like I didn't know how to receive it, then just don't be an asshole. Right. <laughs> that That's helpful, too. Right? Like, yeah. if you don't know what to say, I didn't know what to say. Yeah, but in the moment, you, you came home. I remember you coming home. I remember this clearly, but... Um, but in the moment you were recognizing, you were in that moment with her and you recognized it for what it was as it was happening. Well, it felt like a holy moment. Right. That's right? what, it yes. It felt like something that was divine or something mm-hmm. that intersected. How how often would those two stories intersect like that? Never. Never. So again, it, fe- it felt- <laughs> One time. <laughs> right. It felt divine and it felt yeah. like um, something that, and so I think recognizing those It was those, God orchestrated. Times, yeah. 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 Um, and that's our story for today. Yeah. Next up, talk show. How that went down. Because we went. A real live We went. Talk we met show. him. We I was on stage. With Richard. In front of cameras. The Richard Simmons. Yep. And that's coming up next time. <laughs> <laughs> Until then. I love you, Kelly. I love you, too. Thank you, too.